you'll open your Bibles with me to Luke, Luke chapter 15. We'll start reading at the first verse. Then all the tax collectors and the sinners drew near to him to hear him. And the Pharisees and the scribes murmured, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. So he spoke this parable to them, saying, What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, does not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness and go after the one which is lost until he find it. And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I say to you that likewise there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over the ninety-and-nine just persons who need no repentance. Father, we read some very familiar words here this morning. We read about the Good Shepherd. We read about how he loves his sheep. And God, we pray that you will just anoint this word this morning and that, God, our ears would be open and our hearts would be tender before you. Father, let us see the great love. Let us sense the great love of God. Make these things very real to every person that's here. Anoint this pastor to preach it now in Jesus' name. Amen. They said sneeringly, This man does what? Eats with sinners. This man eats with them, fellowships with them. And he, he does. He did. He still does. The obvious meaning of this parable is to reveal Christ's personal interest in the salvation of sinners. Jesus Christ goes to all lengths for one, one sinner. And as we look at this parable, it brings before us, first of all, a painful discovery. Verse 4. One is lost. You know, there's so many out there lost this morning. And yet Jesus is concerned about 
Just one. Now, whether this represents a world or whether it represents a nation or whether it re represents an individual, the shepherd's heart is disturbed by the fact that there's one lost. Can't you just sense the heart of Jesus? He's counting the sheep. The lost one immediately draws our sympathy. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever lost something? Something very precious to you? Something so precious to you that, well, if your mind works like my mind, you can't think of anything else as long as that thing has got your attention. I remember one time as a kid, I worked for hours for a couple of dollars. I put up my wallet, and the first thing I know, I had lost my wallet. I was devastated. What had happened to my wallet? But you know, a soul's much more valuable, much more valuable than that. I remember a woman in our first church, she had a beautiful diamond pin, and she lost it. And we were out at night searching with flashlight, looking for this diamond pin. She was really concerned, even though her husband owned the jewelry store and could make her another one, it still wasn't the same. This was a special pin to her. She finally found it. A few years later, it was hanging in the closet on a dress that she'd taken and changed dresses and left the brooch on it. But she was excited about finding that brooch. I mean, that thought never left her mind that she had lost that brooch, that pin. How many of you here have ever lost a a friend. Maybe it was your fault, maybe it wasn't your fault, but you lost a friend. And your mind, you grieve, you grieve over it. You miss that fellowship. You do almost anything to win that friendship back. How many has ever lost a family member or a mother or father through death? You know what, I, what I'm talking about. It, it's a loss that just grabs you. And that's the kind of loss that Jesus is describing here. Losing something can be very painful. Which brings us to the second point in my sermon, 
an altered purpose. In verse 4, you notice his purpose was to stay with the flock. His purpose was to lead the flock. His purpose was to feed the flock. And he starts counting because he's interested in everyone there. And he goes along, one, two, three, four. And he finally gets to 99, and there's supposed to be 100. And there's one missing. There's one missing. And he's concerned. Oh, he, he loves the 99. But there's one that's lost that was not a part of the count. And to be out of the count of Jesus is to be lost. And immediately our attention is drawn to the anxiety of the good shepherd. To say that he's concerned is really an understatement, isn't it? I, I just think that it has its full attention. He is so concerned about that one that he's going to leave the whole flock to go in the search for that one. Oh, the value that God places on a human soul. The shepherd will not rest. Indeed, he cannot rest as long as there's one that is lost. So the shepherd of Israel goes forth through humiliation and death and agony to seek and to save that which is lost. He seeks the love not because of their value as much as his love for them. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. See, he didn't come into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And this is the condemnation, that they choose not to believe on the only Son of God. But then we see... A patient search take place. He goes after the one which is lost until he finds it. You know, that struck me as I was reading that. He looks until he finds it. He doesn't give up. You know, it's one thing to go and look, and after a period of time, if you don't find it, to leave off looking. But you look at that scripture, it says he goes and he searches until he finds. 
There's no turning back for the shepherd. His purpose must be accomplished. The Bible says that he shall see the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. Can't you just see Christ's determination is to find the lost? He's so determined that not one should be lost. Every lost soul the Savior must find either by, savior, by being a Savior or by being a judge. He's either going to save them or he's going to judge them. Has a good shepherd been calling you? Has he been speaking to you? Has he been searching, wondering why that fellowship that he enjoyed with you so much is somehow maybe you just wandered astray? You know, it's very easy. First, you get busy. You, you know the, the uh, story of the seed in the soil. The cares of this world come up and they choke out. So easy to wander away. And sheep are funny that way. Eat a little here, eat a little there, and a little over here. They didn't mean to go astray. Just all of a sudden, they were lost. Had a woman. It's the second woman that I've talked to during my time of being a pastor. Neither woman goes to this church, so you can relax. One was back in the first part of my ministry, and the other called me on the phone. But both of them asked the same question. How could I have been so close to Jesus and now be so far away? How do I get back? How could I love my husband so much and love Jesus so much and still commit adultery on my husband? You know, those things don't just happen. You start going astray just a little, and then a little more, and a little more, until pretty soon you lose sight of the shepherd. Maybe up to this point, shepherd's been calling and you've just been running away. 
The reason he searches for you is because he loves you. He doesn't wait for you to start coming back. He goes out searching for you. And then we see a joyful find, verse 5. And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. Oh, the gladness that's brought to the heart of the Good Shepherd. Oh, the tenderness with which he treats this lost one. He takes the lost one in his arms. Not a word of reproach. No condemnation. Just picks that lost one up. What a wonderful moment for a weary, sin-worn soul. Like I told the woman, I said, all you got to do is just turn towards Jesus. Jesus never stopped loving you. All you got to do is confess your sin and come back. Determine that you're going to draw close to Jesus. Determine in your heart you're not going to go astray again. What a moment this is for that sin-worn soul. He finds himself in the gentle arms of the Savior. He feels the tender but mighty hands on him. And underneath are the everlasting arms. The sinner is exalted to a higher position. Isn't that a picture of our salvation? Took me when I was going astray. He searched me out and he found me. Then he just tenderly lifted me up. Placed me on his shoulders. What a great salvation. Fifthly, we come to the restful journey. It says he lays it on his shoulders. And the weary, aimless wanderer has now found a resting place. You know, there's no rest for the wicked. But when Jesus lifts you up, you feel those tender hands. You're placed in that exalted position. You can just rest. 
The Lord neither drives nor drags those whom he saves. He carries them. And he carries this lost one, not part the way. Carried, carried him all the way home, all the way back to the flock. Now maybe you've wandered a long way away, but you know what? Jesus would bring you right back to that exalted position, carry you all the way home. You know, all that sheep, he didn't do a thing, really. It was all, salvation is of God, isn't it? We can't take any credit for it. All that sheep did was abide. And Jesus did the work. Amen? Hallelujah. He didn't do anything except rest. He had full trust in the one who was able to save his soul. I don't think he worried about a thing laying there across the shepherd's shoulders. I think he felt loved. I think he felt very safe. Which brings us to the last point, a happy home, verse 6. And when he comes, comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. He wants everyone to rejoice. Hallelujah. What a joyful occasion. Kind of reminds you of the prodigal son. The father saw him while he was a long way off yet, and he went running to him. Threw his arm around him. Here he was all dirty and rotten from feeding the pigs, and he just wrapped his arms around him and said, Welcome home, son! Welcome home. Break out the robe. Give him a ring. Let's have a feast. For he who is dead is alive. There's more rejoicing in heaven over one lost sinner that repents than over the 99 lost, or 99 that need no repentance. Oh, hallelujah. What a hallelujah time there's, there is in heaven when, when, when anyone gets saved. When that one is gone astray, comes back. They begin to rejoice in heaven. The angels are invited to rejoice. Hallelujah.
Let me ask you a question. I just kind of felt like this message. was definitely for this morning. I want to give, first of all, there's that one here. Maybe you've given your heart to the Lord at one time or another. But you're way out there in the cold all by yourself. You're lost. You're out of the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. You may be in his house, but you can be out of his presence. And you just need a touch from Jesus. I, I just sense the Savior trying to draw you back by his Spirit. You know, he doesn't heap condemnation upon you. He's not going to drag you. But if there's someone here this morning that wants to respond to an altar call right now for coming back to that place near the heart of God, that place of fellowship. I'm going to ask you to just make your way right up here to the front. Secondly, You look at this and you think of a loved one. A friend, a neighbor. And you know God is making every effort possible to bring that soul to salvation. And he's looking to you to help him, to work with him. We're workers together with God. God wants you to be his hand extended. He wants you to help restore, you to reach out and love. Maybe it's a son or a daughter. Somehow you just got to reach out. And
How many here would raise their hand and say, yes, that's, that's what God's talking to me about? Yes, I see those hands. Hallelujah. Yes. Hallelujah. Well, we're going to go to prayer right now. And I pray that those that listen to the tape have also heard this message this morning. If you're not living close to the heart of God, if you've wandered away, you can come back. I'm going to ask that Brother Gill would close with a word of prayer.